Hey dolls, welcome to another episode of Mental-ish with Gabby Fox, me. Happy Wednesday. Uh, today's episode is going to have some new aspects added to it. We're going to break it down into segments so it's a little bit more organized, easier to listen. And I'm adding a segment based on current events called Newsflash. I actually did this back in the beginning, a couple of episodes, but didn't like the way it was formatted. So we're going to make another run of it. Um, I do think it's important to know what's going on in the world and also, you know, to have an opinion and hear others' opinions. So yeah. All right. Today's topic is actually just based on a question that I received from someone going through some issues with an ex. And the question was, can someone change their character? And I think all of us at some point in time can relate to being curious about this and wanting to know if this is possible because we fall in love. And sometimes we fall in love with people whose values and morals are a bit fucked, but we don't want to give up hope. We want to think that if they wanted to change, they could. And it's just a matter of effort. So I'm just going to weigh in my two cents. And then I would love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on what I have to say as well as your own. So my take is it's very difficult, very difficult to change your character. Your values and morals are actually developed or given to you between the age of zero to six. So it's early, early on in childhood. And it's funny because I've often wondered how I ended up pretty good as far as who I am and how I conduct my life. Do I have my issues? Fuck yes. But considering what kind of role models I had as parents and what kind of experiences I had as a child, I should be all different kinds of fucked up. Uh, but from zero to six, I actually spent with my grandmother, who was a very strong woman and a good woman. So I have to thank God for her, because who knows what my character would have been like, my values would have been like without her. So basically, if someone wants to change the way they were programmed from the age of zero to six, it's going to take a lot of work and commitment. I think commitment is the biggest thing. If you're changing for someone else or if someone else is trying to change for you, it's never going to work. You can't have an extrinsic reason for change. Like, oh, I want a better job or, oh, I want a relationship with this person or, oh, I want this, I want that. No. For serious change to occur within yourself, you have to have an intrinsic reason, which means like an inner drive or an inner desire to change for yourself without anybody else or any outside influences. So that's hard because if you're in a relationship and you're asking me, can your partner change? Can they work on their values? Can they work on their character? Yes, but not if you're pressuring them to or not if you're giving them an ultimatum or not if you're threatening to leave. They literally have to have some sort of wake-up call. Usually, I mean, in my experience, you've got to have some kind of wake-up call that's like, 
okay, I'm causing a lot of damage to my own life and others, or I'm not living the life I want because my values and morals are fucked up. And until you have like that aha moment, it's not something that someone can bestow upon you like, oh, you need to change or you need to work on this. They've got to kind of come up with it on their own and come up with a game plan. You know, I don't even know where someone would begin to really start change with their values and morals other than trying to find a connection with a higher power. Doesn't have to be God, so to speak, or religious, but you have to believe in something bigger than yourself in order for you to even have values or morals. That's number one. You have to believe that you're here for a reason and that your purpose for being here is not to be reckless and hurt other people. That is completely against what, you know, the universe is really about. Are there bad people? Yes. Are there bad energies out there? Yes, but they're far outweighed by the good. Far. Everybody, I think, deep down is a good person, but some people are damaged as fuck and or they started with the wrong set of values. They weren't taught properly from a baby how to treat others, how to treat themselves, how to have self-respect, how to have respect for others, all of that. It's something that starts at such an early age. You have to kind of play catch up, and the only way to do that is to get in touch with yourself. I feel like people treat other people badly when they weren't taught that you should treat others the way you want to be treated. And a lot of people have been exposed to negative situations at a young age, so then that gets skewed, and they get treated badly, so then they sort of project that on other people as they get older. They project it on who's ever close to them, their partners, their friends, their coworkers, their family. So until you kind of go back and look at the root of perhaps why you're lacking in the moral department or the values department, then you can figure out where to start. Me personally, what would I do if I was dating someone or involved with someone that I felt like their values were fucked up? I would take a really hard look at their motivation for change. Are they motivated? Do they want to change for themselves regardless of you? Do they want to be a better person just because they want to be a better person, not for you? If that's true, then, then great. Then they should start maybe reading some books. Go to a meditation. Go If, if they are religious, go to church. There are tons of resources out there online and in print form. You know, you can pick up a book and just start educating yourself. School is school, but it's not going to teach you how to be a good person. Shit, most of the stuff we learn in school is completely useless, to be honest. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to use a parallelogram in real life. But unfortunately, I think the school systems could assist in making this an easier transition because even if your home life kind of sucks, which some people it does, it is what it is. It's it's life. If we went to school and it was a positive environment where they encouraged meditation and self-reflection and respecting others and, you know, doing exercises to kind of personally develop instead of just teaching us, you know, 
math and history and science skills and information that we really aren't going to use in the real world. Um, and I get it, most of it's to teach us critical thinking, but emotional intelligence will trump intellectualism any day of the week. If someone's emotionally intelligent, that means they, they're probably in line with their values. They're probably like extremely in tune with other people and good at treating other people in a way that makes them feel good and makes the other person feel good. And I, I think that's what life is about. So to answer the question plainly, yes, but it is very difficult and complicated and something that has to be a personal goal, not something that you are pushed or forced into or influenced to do. Many people whose moral compass is a bit janky, in the words of Drake, my fave, uh, are very selfish. And they were raised that way. They weren't born that way. They were raised that way. So again, connecting to something bigger than yourself and without other people, think about how empty life would be. It would be meaningless. Trying to explain that to someone who is sort of in their bubble and in their selfishness is difficult. So my recommendation to this person who asked me this question about character would be to just let them know they need to get in touch with something bigger than themselves and they need to start maybe reading some books and doing some research on, you know, connecting with who they are and their values. Other than that, I mean, I'm not an expert in this arena, but that's where I would start if I was in that position. That's where I would start. Um, Self-awareness is, it's a huge thing. It's a huge, huge topic in the world today. And it's there for a reason, because people are realizing more and more that if you're not good with yourself and the way you feel about yourself, you're going to treat other people pretty shitty. And that's just what it is. And many people who do treat others shitty have this sort of mask of arrogance and confidence and cockiness and they think they're the best thing since sliced bread. But that's not actually the case. They're covering up a ton of self-loathing and weakness by being that way. And then they're projecting what's what they're really feeling on other people, like low-key behind closed doors, people that are closest to them. That's... uh pretty much the mo of many relationships today a couple of mine included as well as many people that have reached out to me and friends so that's my two cents guys i would love to hear your feedback or any experience that you have with this that would shed some more light on it let me know so today is wednesday january 9th and this is newsflash Surviving R. Kelly, the first matter at hand for today's show. I was privy to some of the information just based on what's already come out in the media in prior years, but I had no idea the extent of the depravity that took place until this Lifetime docuseries came out 
about him a few days ago. Um, for those of you that don't know, the R&B star was accused of targeting underage teenage girls and pressuring them into sexual relationships in complex logistical arrangements that usually entailed uh, enforced alienation from family, friends, and f even from each other. Uh, similar to a cult, it's, it's being called that, and it's due to the stringent control that Kelly allegedly enforced on his sexual partners, uh, many of them supposedly underage. Uh, Kelly's wife even came forward, uh, who has three children with him, and said that she was trapped in an allegedly abusive relationship for years. Another woman that came forward, who apparently is still loyal to R. Kelly, uh, her and her immediate family have denied that there was any wrongdoing, but she was the one that was leaked in the sex tape where he was urinating on her when she was supposedly 14 years old. I don't know why, but streams for his songs actually went up quite a bit after this docuseries was released. And part of me wants to think, really wants to think, that this happened because people are now sort of wanting to analyze his lyrics and go back and be like, holy fuck, was, did he give this away years ago? And I've been supporting this guy and, and downloading his music and everything. And I want to see, you know, what, what, what are in these songs and what is he saying? Um, I want to think that. And then another part of me is scared that people are downloading his songs and wanting to listen because of some sick, twisted reason. I really hope it's the former and not the latter reason. Um, my take on this, he needs to go to fucking jail. If any normal person that wasn't a superstar was accused of this, they would be arrested immediately. But for some reason, he was charged and then released for child pornography back probably almost 20 years ago. And then the sex tape came out with the underage girl but her and her family have have stayed loyal to him and refused to press charges. I'm assuming because of financial gain. He needs, like, the cops need to be at his door, banging it down, getting him out of there, and getting those girls out of there. Just because their parents are agreeing to basically sexual slavery in exchange for money doesn't mean that this should be allowed this is illegal. So it shouldn't matter how many songs he's released or how famous he is. This goes against every moral code that I can possibly fucking think of. I just cannot believe that it's, that, oh, they're investigating. They keep saying they're investigating. Like, what are you investigating? All of these victims just came forward on lifetime. Like, what do they need to do to prove that this is happening? And then the ones that are so loyal to him that are living in the house, like you don't really need their testimony because these other women have already come out and said this is what's going on. And they are, and unfortunately, the women that are still loyal to him that are staying with him are brainwashed. But that shouldn't matter based on the testimony and the witnesses that have already come forward stating exactly what has been going on. I just think it's insane that, you know, fame and money can somehow get you out of gross sexual and emotional abuse.
Moving right along, in the political world, I'm sure you've seen on the news or heard or been scrolling Facebook, seen the articles pop up and the videos. Trump presented an Oval Office speech yesterday about the wall. And as you guys know, I am an independent and I was not a huge fan of Trump for a long time. I still don't want to go have coffee with him and hang out with him, but I think that he's done a lot for policy and a lot for the country and he knows how to run a business. And unfortunately, even though many people don't want to admit this, much of our government and how this country is run is based on capitalism and that is something that he is good at. He might not be A1 with the lady skills, but he knows what he's doing when it comes to business and when it comes to running effective companies and effective administrations. I digress. So he did this speech about the wall that he's been wanting to build and just going off of people making videos, walking along the border, showing us basically just a piece of wood that's going across that you could literally just lift your leg and and climb right over for miles and miles and describing that many of the border patrol officers find women that are trying to cross the border while they're menstruating on their period and they literally have blood running down their legs because they say that they have less of a chance of being raped that way to children that are trying to come into the country who are inciting violence and robbing people and destroying property to the drug smugglers that are constantly bringing in heroin and other drugs. I mean, I really don't understand the concept of people not wanting a wall and just wanting open borders. Like, no other country really does that. So why should we? And also, like, I'm pretty sure you have a front door. Many of you have fences and or gates and or if you have a lot of money, you have a wall or uh, some sort of perimeter around your property and you don't invite just anyone to come in. So why would we invite people to come in when we're in essence being forced to then pay more in taxes to deal with people going on welfare the prison system being overrun with immigrants and medical expenses that are being incurred at these hospitals and bills that are never being paid. Like all of these things come out of our taxes. Okay, so let's take it, not even take it to a monetary place, just a place of safety. Let's say that you live in one of the states that is along the southern border and One of the many men that try to come over from Mexico, whether they're Mexican or not, or from another country, and they have just raped 10 women on their way over, um, raped some children, and or uh, trafficked women or children, sex trafficked women or children over the border, and they come walking into your neighborhood and your wife or your girlfriend is walking your dog or your child is riding their bike. Is that what you want? Does that make you feel safe? Does that make you feel like, oh, we should let all the poor immigrants in? Are you fucking retarded? Like, I am not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm I'm independent. I don't even understand 
the idiotic concept of the parties. It's like, think for yourself and what you believe in in your core as your values. What the situation that I just described is madness, is complete and utter vulnerability and is scary as hell. I do not want undocumented, random, violent people being able to just walk into the country illegally. These people are not stopping at the gate to fill out paperwork and try to get in legally. They are running through the desert, raping and pillaging along the way, and then showing up at your doorstep where your family lives pretending to be a normal citizen. Are there some regular people and some regular families that are trying to get in that are nonviolent, that are good people, that would just like the opportunity to live and work? Absolutely. But the problem is there's no way to screen these people if there's no wall. We need something to stop everyone so that way they have to go to the gate where they have to get registered and at least tell us who they are and what their business is coming here or what they are trying to accomplish so we can kind of screen people. The concept of leaving the borders open for any random person to come in is batshit crazy. Like it defies all logic and common sense. If you're not willing to take your front door off the hinges, open your gate, take down your fence, and let any random homeless person or random passerby walk through your house, then we should not have open borders. It's common sense. You have a door so that you can stop people and say, hi, who are you? What can I help you with? That is all that I think the administration and Donald Trump are trying to accomplish is just putting a barrier to entry, a barrier to entry, which means we we could possibly let you in, but you've got to stop first and let us know what you're doing there and who you are and what your intentions are. This is not fucking rocket science. The fact that I'm explaining this is painfully pathetic. Like, I understand people feel bad for the kids that, you know, are suffering and the ones that are starving and the ones that are being, you know, dragged through the desert and and everyone feels like we should let them all in. But let them all in to what? To no parents? We can't just let people because many of these people have realized that we have a soft spot for kids and families. So now there's men and women kidnapping children and trafficking them into the country and pretending that they're their kids so that these criminals can get in, probably abandon the kids or abuse them or discard them, and then go about whatever ill intentions that they had in the beginning. Again, this has all been proven. Tons of human traffickers have been arrested, detained, and sent back to their country last year. So... I just think that we need to take the rose-colored glasses off and look at the fact that let's say half the people that are trying to come in are good and half of them are bad. We can't take all the bad ones just to let the good ones in. 
So we've got to put a barrier to entry so we can screen them and figure out, well, try to figure out whether they're good or bad, whether they're legit or non-legit, whether they're really a father and a son or a mother and a daughter or a sex trafficker and a kid who has been threatened with violence to be quiet and to go along with what story the adult is telling. We just have to be smart. Like, this is a great country. We have tons of opportunity. But if we let in everyone, it's going to get destroyed. Just like if you took off your front door and you have a beautiful house with many rooms in it, I hate to tell you, but all the homeless people and all the shitty drug addicts and all the shitty drug dealers and everyone else who you don't want in your house, they're going to come in along with some of the good people. And then the good people, they're not even going to want to stay. They're going to want to get the hell out of there because your house is going to turn into basically a garbage dump. Try to think about that when you get emotional and, and you know you see these videos that the media is putting out and they're trying to pull on your heartstrings. The Democrats, for some reason, want everyone dependent on the government. So for them, they're like, bring in all these people that need welfare, bring them all in so we can tax the people that work more so that we make more money and that we keep everyone dependent. I hate to say, I don't like to label like a political party like that, but many of the Democrats and the people funding them, that's what they want. So if you don't want to live in a garbage dump, then you can't let in half of all the garbage from the other countries. I, we, we helped all these good people, but we also destroyed our country letting in all these bad people. Like, you got to pick your poison, people. You got to sometimes be smart instead of just being blind and kind. You have to be kind and smart. And I think that that's all they're trying to accomplish with the wall. It's just my personal two cents. I'm not an expert. I'm definitely not a political guru or figure, but I can look at a lot of situations and just apply common sense to them. And that's what I just did for you. So if you feel differently, or if you have some feedback, or if you really fucking agree with me and you just want to give me a thumbs up, please do. Well, that about wraps it up for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the dual segments of brain food and current events. I would love to hear your feedback. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can do so via any of my links. If you have found this podcast episode, then there is a way for you to contact me, whether it's through Anchor and my email link or through Instagram, DM, email, Facebook, Messenger, email, whatever floats your boat. Reach out, let me know if you agree, disagree, have your own thoughts, you know, want to yell at me, whatevs, I can take it and um, gives me fuel for future content. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and I will talk to you Friday for the Myers Mindset interview. As always, I appreciate your time and attention. Bye, guys.